Talking about talking. Wait, wait, who is it? Wait, wait, wait. When you say women to support the eat booty game, you're yeah. saying women is eating the booty? Yeah, women oh, eat the booty juice. <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. I don't know whether to make noise for that or not. Yeah, I get eight out. <laughs> no, wait, wait, what? <laughs> What is your name? I get eight eyes. Listen, man. Check this out. You don't have your legs in the air, though. It depends. <laughs> okay, so there's like no, Ew. no, uh, no. Shout out to Melanie Camacho. That's a, that's a, uh, that's what she used to be like. Uh. In no world do I want to know what that looks like from him. What the e booty gang? You don't want to be a part of the e booty gang? No, of just or even just now trying to fight the urge to imagine him getting his booty aid. Like, listen, uh, legs in the air. Uh, well, it depends. As he said, it depends I, if okay. he's gonna have legs in the air or not. Ooh. You know, you do what you have to do. Oh, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so I do want to talk about that today yes. because that's definitely. I, we're gonna have that. It's a lot child. to take in, um, but we also have a lot of other topics, Marcus, that we need to talk about. We're gonna talk um, about Bishop Sycamore High School allegedly. I don't have time have for you that heard about this? The, the, oh my god, the school that never was or something like that. Oh my god. Yeah, I don't have time to talk about that. But, <laughs> we're gonna um, talk about that. You know, there's new music out there. Um, some really cool TV projects are coming that we're gonna talk about. Yes. Um, we also have a lot of crazy moments that have happened this past week. Um, in regards to uh, McDonald's as well as... Yeah. Do we have another Jeopardy update? Another Jeopardy update. Well, the saga ever ends. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so lots in TV, lots in music, um, as well as a couple of Wu Chow moments for y'all. Uh, Marcus, Co-Pop, I think we're ready to go. Let's do it. Labor Day. Uh, yes, it is Labor Day, which means we should not be working. Correct? Which is true, but this is not work for me. This is this is a labor of love. Oh, come on, pun. For me. So, like, this is not really working. Anytime that I get to spend with you okay. and, and just, you know, Here connect on a brotherly level is a gift. It's a gift from God. And so, go. Well, I'm Marcus Drew I'm Trent Rashad, and you're listening to Copa. And I still can't I'm still fighting this imagery. Like I, it has now become a part of my psyche. I'm mad at you for making me watch that video. Well, we're gonna I talk about. We'll talk a little bit about still there the trick daddy salad and <laughs> and what your and what you'll have uh, for no. dinner uh, <laughs> if need be. <laughs> but let's get into some of this. What's been going on in the yes. world of pop culture? How the hell are um, you? It's been a weird week for me. I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna wait to get into spill okay um to talk a little bit more about the week but it's been a it's been a week of like it's been a roller coaster week an emotional roller coaster um that was my vivian green almost the melody that was vivian green i know but it's not quite the melody it might not have been the melody but you know hey we're gonna we're gonna get in where we fit in yeah i'm picking Um, it up 
with that. But like I said, it's definitely been a roller coaster. And we'll talk a little bit about more of that in Spill. I'm kind of giving you a little bit more serious Spill segment. Yes, you are. To kind of preview. Um, but overall, the week has been um, week has been okay. okay. I'm glad it's. I'm glad I made it through. Good. Um, I did get to watch. I went to go see Candyman in theaters. Yes, she did. Yeah. That, so that was um, without me. Without me. <laughs> yes, you did not want to go. I did not go. <laughs> this vocal, okay. I, I, I don't know that song in particular, but I just made you wrote that. that. An original. A but no, original. I said no thank you to this movie invite. Yeah, no, so we went to go see Candyman this weekend. I, you know, I was pleased with it. I liked it overall. Um, it was definitely a different take on Candyman that I was not expecting. It definitely came off more as a psychological thriller. Okay. Um, okay. Which, you know, was, I thought, pretty cool. Um, and also, I guess the rest of the world also thought it was pretty yeah. cool. Um, because, I mean, 22.4 million at the box office in its opening weekend. So shout out to the entire cast and crew of Candyman. A special shout out to director Nia uh, Is it Nia or Nia? Is it Nia? I'm not sure. I say Nia. I've heard someone say Nia DaCosta. Well, hey, I'm going to say Nia. Okay. If it's Nia, Nia, I apologize. Um, But... Uh, who is the first, first black woman first. Um, to have this type of success A at, number the box one movie office. at the yeah, box office. At the box office. And so big ups to her. I think that this is really great. Overall, I really enjoyed the film. Going in, I wasn't sure what I was going to get. Um, you know, after seeing a trailer, you always have to kind of pick and choose have the best moments been spilled through the trailer. Right. Um, and how are they going to kind of pour into the actual story for me this was definitely more of a psychological thriller and it makes the audience think um very chicago based um yes. in in the film and so i love how you're just saying like yes and you've never seen this film i've not seen this particular film but i do i know the story of Candyman very well okay and the history Girl. in chicago at cabrini green and i don't like it it scarred me as a child and therefore like i have to put no it definitely scarred me as a child too but i mean I'm, you know Mm-mm, when i was a child i was baby as a child i i did i did as a child right but when i became a man i put away those childish things but i have some pretty crazy memories that are still stuck with me you saw somebody with a hook at your house like that. what happened i i don't want to get into no, it. no i definitely am still <laughs> scared like hello like i've been I, just say, I don't mess with him i've been avoiding Mirrors all this week. Let's just be real. It shows. Girl. (laughs) Yay for the rehearsed read. Give it it to him for the rehearsed read. Girl. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you look congratulations. Like you see the mirror yes. all week. Who wrote that for you? <laughs> okay. You know, because you know the housewives, they always love to do that. They, they love to, to get yeah. yeah, they like because some of them have writers. I will say that. But um but yeah, back to Candyman. Very Chicago based. Mm. Lots of commentary on Cabrini Green, yeah. um, and gentrification within the city, and so lots of things to unpack with it. I thought it was done really well. And anytime you get to see Yaya, um, is is once again, it's a gift from God. So he is. Um, a gift so yeah, from God. So I love that. I love that. Um, if you haven't seen it, please go check it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, anything else you've been watching? Um, this week, you know, I. I feel like I come on here every week 
bragging just about the housewives. And every time, I every watched. week, I'm like, I don't know if they're going to be able to top uh, the next week. Yeah. But, you know, um, I've been particularly enthralled and engulfed in Beverly Hills. Oh, I've, I've been in, engulfed in Potomac. Potomac is really good, too. But Beverly Hills is giving me such great television right now. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and I even took it a step further to kind of, because I came late to the Beverly Hills game. Um, and so right. I took it this week. I took it up on myself to check out seasons one and two oh, of yeah. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Um, and so I'm starting to get the origin stories mm-hmm. of some of these women. Uh, and it's very interesting. I will say this really quickly about this particular franchise with the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I feel like they very early on had to deal with a lot of um, very serious issues. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the se- season one, one of the cast members had to like check into rehab, which I had not seen in, I don't think, in the Real Housewives history. Um Right before season two, um, one of the housewives' husbands committed suicide, hung himself mm-hmm. in the home. Um, and so it's been very interesting. I've watched like I've I've watched seasons one, and now I'm in the middle of two, um, in in this week. Um, yeah, because it's really it's it's very it's very entertaining, but also very interesting, and dealing with some very serious real life issues um in season two we also learned that one of the housewives is being domestically abused by her husband um so it's like a lot of it's a lot of serious like things that i'm not i really haven't seen in a lot of other franchises you know you get Mm -hmm. beyond the you know of course they have that like you sold my dog or that's the dog i was going to get or you know like those like those silly like caddy you know you said that you weren't my friend like they still have all of that but there comes these like serious drops and pockets of things, um, which I've, I've, like I said, I've just found very interesting. Um, Beverly Hills has a really big fan base. So, I mean, like a lot yeah. of people love that franchise. It's, I would say if we're talking about like top three, Atlanta, Beverly Hills, and I guess it, it used to be New York. New York, but it not used anymore. to be New York. Yeah, um, I think Potomac may be creeping into which New York's Which is funny spot. with New York, this whole thing, you know, they cut the season short yeah. of Real Housewives of New York. Um, so we had the season finale episode this past week, yeah. which I believe puts us at 17 episodes. It was a 20-episode order for the season, mm. and so it seems like that they've cut um, it down. So we didn't, we're not going to... Or we may see those last three episodes in some type of faction. So what it looked like is that after the finale aired this past week, um, is that they're going to have like the stuff that they should have shown you or, you know, that kind of thing Mm -hmm. um, for one of the episodes. But what's even more interesting is that there are still, there's still bits and murmurs about there being a reunion. You know, at the end of a season finale, we would usually get previews of the actual reunion. Mm -hmm. Um, and to my knowledge, the, that was the, re, the reunion has not been filmed yet. Oh. Um, because I, I believe that there may be some issues with certain cast members who are not wanting to actually film the reunion or refusing to film the reunion. I think that they are contractually obligated. I think um, so, But yeah. under the height of COVID, 
I think that they may be able to kind of like maybe Start find a scapegoat yeah. um, out of this because it's been t- such a bad season for some of these castmates. Um, last, the last thing I heard is that they're made that they they are going to film. Um, it's just, but there's no word on when we'll when we'll get it. Well, New York is a mess. Beverly Hills is crazy. Potomac is crazy. Beverly Hills is really good. There's some pretty good franchises out there, so I I would definitely hop on. I'm hopped on the Potomac train right now. Yeah. So what's been going on with you this week, and what are you watching? Uh, what's been going on with me? What did I do last weekend? Lord, you know we don't remember y'all. Huh. I didn't. We didn't do much of anything. You know, just kind of hung around the house and stuff like that. So, uh, honestly, just watching TV and stuff like that. So, I mean, I just want to give a huge shout out again to. What If, um, the What If on Disney Plus is a really good show. I'm enjoying it. Um, I still need to catch up on Nine Perfect Strangers, okay. too. Okay, so What If, um, I had the opportunity to check that out this week. Mm-hmm. Did not know it was animated. Yeah, I said that. Um, may, okay, so I missed that going yeah. in. It's an um, animated series. So what, I, I was able to catch the Doctor Strange episode um, with... Um, Which was good. You know what? I, because I did not have the full Doctor Strange story, mm-hmm. I think it made it hard for me to jump in a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, and you know how I feel about animation. <laughs> I, do, I do. <laughs> I did not. And I really wish I would have known it was animated going I, in. I know how you Because feel. I would have been able to prepare myself. <laughs> yes. But... I just think that what made the Doctor Strange episode so good was that the themes that they were dealing with, you know, they were dealing with some really heavy themes. I'm telling you, and this, once again, preview of Spill, this whole death thing this week um, has been crazy. Yeah, and so I I think that that kind of portrayed into, you know, something that wasn't necessarily a, oh, all tied up in a bow at the end, because that's not what happened in this episode, so, yeah, I love What If. Been watching that. Like I said, I think uh, over the Labor Day weekend, I'm catching Shang-Chi. Who? Gonna go watch that's that. That's the plan, yeah. That's gonna be ex- I'm excited to well. watch that. Uh, but, yeah, that's about it. I ain't been doing Are you gonna much. close your eyes on the parts that Aquafina is in? <laughs> no, I will not. Oh, okay. I will be watching the entire movie. Okay. I, you're trying to shave me, but that's no, okay. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. Let's take a break. Before we take a break. And let's take a break on that one. No, no, no. <laughs> no, Aretha. Um, let's really quickly before I um before we go into the break, just want to send heartfelt condolences, thoughts, and positive vibes to the Leaks family. Oh um, yeah. Nene Leaks, yeah. who lost her husband Greg Leaks at the age of sixty-six mm-hmm. due to colon cancer um this past week. Was it's the outpouring of love mm-hmm. on social media. Um, I don't know. I mean, it definitely is a tough loss, but I'm hoping that's providing some type of comfort because, I mean, you've had so many people on social media, so many celebrities yeah. um, come out and, you know, send their their um, condolences and heartfelt thoughts to Nene and the family. I still don't quite know how she feels. 
I don't I mean she the last post that I saw it was like well no she posted today and it was a video of her and Greg dancing but before that the post was just like broken and then the emoji of a broken heart mm-hmm. which is completely understandable I mean it's tough and I want to like I said we're going to get into this and spill okay um so hold that thought yes because I do want to talk about it all right but, let's take a break and we'll get into our what do you call it oh gosh here we go Marcus we've been doing this show for 18 years. Um, we'll get into Wu Chow when we come back. No, you call it our I most know beloved what, segment. Yes, thank you. The beloved, I know what the damn segment is. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. I know you didn't. it's Don't Wu Chow. You trying to I'm play look, me. No, I'm not no, trying you to play trying you. To I'm really not trying me, to play okay, you. Mama? No. That's not what we're about to do right I'm, here, okay? That's not what we're about to do. I know what the segment is. The memory is. loss is about getting worse. Beloved, the beloved portion, the subtext, the subtitle. We'll be right back. Do you have a friend that's suffering from Alzheimer's? Yeah. And severe memory loss? Yeah. Please reach out to 1-800-COLD-POP. <laughs> Don't and get, get help up. today. Do your show, girl. All right, guys. We are back with our most beloved segment of this podcast. It is time for... Woo child. This is the time of the show where Marcus and I get to go over the top pop culture moments of the week and the things that made us say, Woo child. Marcus, I'm going to let you go first. Okay, so <laughs> sports. <laughs> Let's talk yeah, sports about shorts. sports. <laughs> okay. No, I found about I found out about this topic via Twitter. Yeah. Um, by watching a football game. Okay. And I was watching this football game. I had no clue who was playing, but I'm like, okay, oh, well, wait, what's the score? And at that point, I think it was like 37 to 47 to zero. And I was like, ooh, this is not good. I'm like, well, wait, who are these two teams? You know, like, I don't know who either of these teams are or anything, but one team is just getting heavily trounced, like this ass whooping of their lives, like to the point to where like even a few of the members Okay. Uh, had to be car- the few of the players from that uh, particular team had to be carted off from like a torn ACL and stuff like that. Like we're injured, so just getting clowned. We're injured, yeah, just getting clowned. And so I get on Twitter and I'm like reading all of the context because you know you can always find out what's going on if you read the comments section. Always read the comments, and basically they're talking about a fake high school. <laughs> this is how all of this got started. A fake high school. A fake high school. And I'm like, well, wait. So, you know, I had to get on my Google Schmoogle, girl. I got on over to NPR. And people are wondering if an Ohio school even exists after a football blowout on ESPN. That is the headline. Are they thinking that people, somebody tried to make money off of this game? I don't, I don't and know. And just went and got like... Nuck uh, Nuck and Pookie and him. I'm just and- going to read you a portion of this article and then let's talk. This is from NPR. Days after a blowout loss on national television, Ohio Governor Mike DeWine has launched an investigation into the high school football program at Bishop Sycamore High School and the school's legitimacy. Bishop Sycamore failed to score a single point in the game. I told you, they got their ass It was a bad game. Which was broadcast on ESPN. As the team's opponents widened its lead, viewers and even the ESPN announcers started expressing concerns about the matchup. 
Bishop Sycamore eventually lost 58 to zero. <laughs> now, what do you I, want them to do? It was a bad day. I'm not going to read the rest of this, but you could go online and read it. But allegedly, somebody has created a fake high school to like get, I guess, certain players or whatever into the college football system. Uh, and allegedly, these men that were on the floor field, not boys, these men that were on the field impersonating high school boys, like got embarrassed. <laughs> and that's how you get found out by a football game. Woo child. Well, look, let me say this. Let what? me say this. The, um, the world of high school sports, you know, it's no joke. People take this stuff seriously. Okay, we know that people take yeah football. Pe- people take football seriously in certain you know parts of the country, and this is not you know for them. It's, this is not the time to sit around and play. Um, in a place like Ohio, you will find a dad. You will find once again. You will find someone who is going to follow up and do it. I've had. I've seen them make people pull birth certificates yeah. out to yeah. say no. You make sure. That this person is under 18 and that they're a high school student. And so I listen, I totally get it. I understand. Um, but <laughs> there's so much stuff, there's so much other stuff going on. It's, it's funny that this is um gaining national attention. It's because of the football game on ESPN. Like that's how you get caught. Who <sighs> child. I just had to bring that up because that blew that was a nice little journey that I went on. <laughs> And blew me away. Well, I'm glad you found uh, where you were getting to. Uh, what do you have? Well, uh, uh, so first, let's talk about what we've already kind of previewed uh, with the day uh, I don't talk with about this, this. But um, Trick Daddy, who we all have um, come to know, and uh, I don't know, love, hate, because there's a lot of mixed feelings around about him right now um, in regards to things that he said in the past. But, Don't feel any kind of way towards him. But he was talking on the uh, Drinks Champs podcast um, last week with Noriega and <laughs> basically shared that uh, he enjoys getting his salad toss. Gotta eat the booty like groceries. Okay, he enjoys getting... So you all heard the clip at the beginning of this episode. He lets it know, yes, I, I, I get ate out. <laughs> And they was like, whoa, 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 what? But then, I, and then they were like, I think it was Noriega, he was like, but you don't have your legs in there. He was like, it depends. <laughs> it depends. Look, I'm going to be honest about mine. <laughs> I'm not, I, first off, I'm not mad at this. Okay. The it depends took me out. <laughs> I'm honestly not, it definitely made me say, woo child. Like, no one wants to think about. Those legs and those particular legs uh, in the air. Okay, well, stop thinking, stop talking about it. But <laughs> I, I, I am not mad at this mm, because I feel like child. we need. To, I feel like. Do you feel like that this is a step in breaking down some of those issues with masculinity? I mean, sure. I, I just yeah. Or toxic masculinity. Let me yeah, say that. Yeah, I mean, but I, I think that's the least. Anybody's right. worries. Nobody's yeah, really thinking about that. We yeah. can't because we, we can't get beyond the fact of Trick Daddy tooted and booted. 
I don't think Trinidad has he said some problematic stuff. I don't remember. Yes, he has. What did he say? We have actually talked about it on this podcast. I think we had. He had came. I think he came after Little Nas X oh, not too did. long ago. He did. Um, in which yes. he was basically saying uh-huh. something. I mean, it was. I'll say it, it was very bootsy-ish, I which remember. is kind of my new verb. Bootsy-ish. That is really that's my new verb. True. I'm like, if somebody says something problematic, I'm like, that's kind of bootsy-ish. That's very true. So, um, but yeah, so I would just say that. That, that yes, he's definitely said okay. some problematic things in the past. Um, so then, yeah, then that's the least of his concerns. So I mean, I don't, I don't really care. I mean, like, sure, great, you like to get your booty ate, great. There are a lot of people who do. So I mean, next topic. I don't know. Like, I just don't want to think of him doing that. Marcus, you would do it if to, you had to. Who would want to do that? Someone who to him. Okay, someone who doesn't want to work a nine to five. And so someone who wants to doing that to him, you think we we got we got to give this a term? What's the term we're using? What for uh, eating the booty? <laughs> Tossing the salad. That's what I say. <laughs> um, we... Trick Daddy didn't come after Lil Nas X. My bad. Okay. It was he came. Remember he came after Beyonce. Oh, that's right. I had Jay-Z. to go back and look through yeah, our yes, files. We did do I had that story. Jane, thank you so much, Jane, for pulling yes. that. I had, he was talking about Beyonce. How Beyonce like, can't sing. Yeah, can't sing. Um, yeah. So okay. Yeah, I don't care. But he wanted to get. I mean, Pooch who doesn't out. want their booty ate? Who name one person? <laughs> He's just being dead honest about it, and I'm not mad at it. And for the women that are doing it, or the men that That's are doing it, whoever's doing it, doing it, do your thing. Like I understand. Like we all got things we have to do. I have to get up and go to work every day. If, you don't want to go if you don't want to get up and go to work every day. You can find somebody like that. Option. There's people around, that all around the world. There's men and women all yeah. around the world doing that Absolutely. every day, making those choices, <laughs> setting their own hours. <laughs> I can only imagine setting their own They're hours, making their own choices, and are choosing money over happiness. It's a tough job, but somebody's got to so, do it. <laughs> Ooh, child. That's what you gotta remember. If you want a sugar daddy, you want everybody want this, that, and the other. Well, what kind of choices are you willing to make to yeah. get and hold on to that status? Yeah, how much are you gonna put out to, to get, get in? in. <laughs> Hello? Put Ooh. your tongue out. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Alright. Alright, we've got yet again another Jeopardy update. Child, on okay, it. I'm the, ready to let this go. The saga never ends. It's always something. This has not been a good couple of months for the Jeopardy folks over there. The folks over at Jeopardy. It's definitely it's definitely a mess, and I feel like that mm. they are a family at you know how after someone passes away, like the family just they kind of close the circle. Well, no, it's like a lot of drama, and I uh, feel like that that's what's happening yeah. right now. Yeah, I just don't. So according to Variety, I'm going to read this. Sony has fired Mike Richards as the executive producer of Jeopardy and Will of Fortune. Michael Davies, the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire executive producer, who Embassy Rose Shingle is based at Sony, will take over production duties in the interim. Um, They kicked the man out. They said, leave. I mean, at this point. Right now. He's Ooh. like, okay, I just won't be the host. They're like, no, you just won't be here. And Right. I would say this comes right off of the hills. It says Richard's exit comes a little more than a week after he was forced to step down as Jeopardy host, just Which nine days after he was tapped to succeed the legendary Alex Trebek. I, you know, hey, 
I am all for people being held accountable. And if it was, uh, oh, excuse us, I'm trying to run a show over here. Fix your computer. Yeah, I'm sorry. That was my computer, y'all. Uh, but no, I think being held accountable, like, yeah, let's. What are you doing? I'm like trying to. I'm trying to make sure that my computer doesn't play any more music for oh this show. Gosh, right. Because um, they'll cost us money. So. Uh, but no, I think this may be the end of the Jeopardy saga. No, I don't think it's because, going to be. I mean, they still don't have a host. They still don't have a host, but I think <laughs> that they, they don't have, have now, an executive producer full time. I think that they have now are following in the footsteps of someone like The Talk, of someone like Kanye's West Donda, um, and has mm. and are using all of the headlines to garner attention mm. to bring people back um, to it to Jeopardy um, there might be a fear that once Alex is gone there might not be the same push and pull from viewers but I think that they are looking at what has been done in the past to kind of drive up sponsorship and viewership but what confuses me is that had they just listened to the viewers that would have came like the people told y'all who they thought that should the next host be who they thought the next hosts should be well let me say this they refused to even listen let to let me anybody. say this let me say this because we all have ideas about who we think the next host of jeopardy should be Mm-hmm. including Alex Trebek. But who, yes, and he made it very clear of who he wanted. Right, and they didn't even do that. But you have to look at who are the people that are watching Jeopardy daily, faithfully. But aren't you trying to get a new audience? Like, Maybe. This is your chance now, to get I mean, a new brand I'm not new saying that they. I'm not saying that they're not. Little, they really could. I, and I think that know? that might be the route that I would take. Kind of age but down the demographic. you have to think about yeah. who is, who's watching yeah, that show. Older people. You have to think about who's watching that show faithfully and who yeah. is showing up. And so but this is the perfect I think that, chance you know, I think there might be more of a pull to cater to that population mm-hmm. um, and what you know rather than going out on the limb and kind of you know trying to switch things up I like I said I think that they know exactly who they want and half of this is really just to drive up viewership well I guess we will wait yet again to hear more to see who they choose as a an official host but I guess they're going back to a guest duties in the interim until they figure that out well, so, let's let's hope child. that um our girl gets the spot, um the girl that Alex Trebek named. Oh, uh, Laura Coates. Um, yeah, for sure. That would be great. Yeah. Uh, what else you got? Well, I've reported on this story before, and also the saga continues. Girl. No, it's not a Britney update, but today we are talking about McDonald's ice cream machines. Um, if you remember last year, I did a story about a young man um overseas that created an app to help let you find where the ice cream machines you were broken did. and where they were fixed. Well, you know what? You the United States Federal Trade Commission. Oh, you did that. I did do that. But let me say this. The United, once again, the United States Federal Trade Commission. The FTC won't. Has seeked an inquiry into what is going on with the broken ice cream machine problem. Y'all, I could not make this up. The FTC said, we're sick of it. So McDonald's, you're going to have to answer some questions this summer. So uh, let me tell you this. I was watching the news a couple of weeks ago, 
And one of the things I saw was a story about the ice cream machines. And apparently the ice cream machines are built by a private contractor. And that private contractor is the only one who could send out a, a person to fix the ice cream machine. And so McDonald's sued them and won so that they could hire, so that McDonald's could hire whoever they wanted to or train their employees to fix the machine themselves instead of relying on that private contractor that was supplying the special part that they needed. Well, let me also say this. The way that the machine is created now, Mm -hmm. it actually takes four hours to clean the actual machine. So because of the... Uh, substance that are coming through the actual machine, which is ice cream. You think about dairy, you think Mm -hmm. about, you know, that kind of thing. Um, Those things can draw up long lasting bacteria with a lot of traffic. And so they have to do a nightly automated Mm -hmm. heat cleaning cycle that lasts up to four hours. Um, Let me say this. It's not that I'm so much worried about how y'all, how, what's going on and why y'all can't do the ice cream machine and all that stuff. It's more so that the Federal Trade Commission is now on the case. Yeah, they, this they is say, now okay, enough is enough. <laughs> Which okay. I, enough. for me, it's like okay, we clearly have maybe more pressing things, but maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. Give give the people a little bit of joy here, okay? Because times are hard. Yeah, they are definitely on the case, and so um, they are now in talks with. Um, they're in talks with McDonald's uh, representation as well as the National Owners Association, um, which hosts the group of these of the franchises. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to say this. I don't know if this is going to make bring any changes. If we'll see, you know, working ice cream machines. I, I, I have no clue, but I, I appreciate what the FTC is doing um, and helping some of us who love a little McFlurry get down to business. Um, that's all I have. I was going to just acknowledge, excuse me. I was going to just acknowledge the crazy move that Texas has just did with the abortion ban, abortion ban. But I think I'm going to save that for my spill segment next week. So we'll come back to that because there's a lot to unpack there that I don't think we can do at this point in time. Um, so, and, and hopefully some more information will come down. So I'm going to just table that for my spill next week, but that's all I've got. Okay. All right. Well, the next topic that I want to talk about really quickly, we're talking about dog, the bounty hunter. Did you see this story? Child, what about um, him now? So dog, the bounty hunter has recently, look at him. um, <laughs> let's be nice. Let's be nice. Let's say, let's find something nice to say. Yes. Um, come on, bleach blonde. But it has recently come out in terms of claims from his daughter, Bonnie, who has shared that Dr. Bounty Hunter is a practicing racist and homophobe um, and has had issues with this ever since that she can remember um, and has used the N-word um, more than, more than, says now more than six times um, in referring to black people. Now, Dr. Bounty Hunter has recently came out and says that he's actually been given a pass to say the N-word. Huh? Now okay. that now listen, I'm not gonna look. All right. Um, but he says that he had a, a group of brothers uh, <laughs> that he that he calls his black tribe. 
uh, when he was doing time behind bars and that they actually were the ones to give him the pass that he could say it. Mm-mm. Yeah. Now, what he was saying is that no one told him that there was an expiration date on the pass. Basically, that's what he was saying. Because he was, in, he was locked up back in like the late 70s. Uh, but now he's kind of, I guess he's been taking that pass and using it all up until 2021. How do you feel about this? Instead of resulting with violence, I'm going to try to talk this out. Okay, let's, let's do it. I would simply ask him, okay, so if I walk up on you and you say the N-word to me, how am I supposed to know that six men in jail almost 30 years ago gave you a pass without you telling me? So unless you preference that beforehand so that I can acknowledge that that's some bullshit. Right. How else am I supposed to be vindicated when I slap you in your face for saying that in front of me? Well, that and then just also, I mean, dog, that just was in jail. That, make, that was in jail. Right. We, you know, Those good and well, and you've been out of jail long enough that not all jail rules will <laughs> go and transfer right. into, you know, when you get back out and you become, a, you know, a regular Person, regular in, person in society like yeah. you know that those rules are not going to transfer over we get it jail is jail and you know if they were allowing you to say it and get away with it if you were the white boy in this group and they were allowing you to do it fine but don't bring that shit out here and the way that it appears as it comes because this page six has reported to this is that he's actually referred to um his son's girlfriend is she black? As yes, as the N word. Um, and so, how does that make the kids feel? That's like, what I'm trying to figure out. Like, who's allowed that to fa- go? Yeah, but um, I, you, I just want like if you know your father is a like practicing racist, and then you end up dating a black girl, are you doing that on purpose to piss him off, or are you sincerely or genuinely doing what you say you're doing? I have no clue. The, the, I think f- for me. There is a there is a fine line, and this is I'm not even about the pass thing. I don't give anybody a pass. Right, me neither. Okay, if you feel like you need a pass, you shouldn't be saying hello. It. So hello, if you need a pass, you shouldn't be saying it for it. that. That's just bottom line. But with this, I think that there is a fine line that you get to play as the authority figure, as the one who's making the money in the house, um, in which you you kind of get away from. You know, you get away from things, and we see this with everybody. We see You're this in, about in his household. In his household, okay. but we, you see this in all families, right? You you know, people will say things and use slurs and all of that stuff, but right. um, you have to have some sense of the the times that and how much the times have changed. Awareness, yeah, like you know that that shit is not going to go down, and right. like even even some of the. Uh, older grandmas and grandpas they they even know that they can't say the same shit that they used to say yeah so i oh, learned very quickly well i don't know definitely a mess it's, it's funny to me child. that he thinks he has a pass yeah, uh pass revoked <laughs> let, let co-pop let the you know right now your pass has been ago. officially revoked and you will never get another one right for any reason Ooh, child. Ooh, child. all right so let's take a break and we will be back with our spill segment.
All right, we are back with our spill segment. Now, I know I'm usually bringing the funny um, nine times out of ten, but today I wanted to get a little bit more serious. Um, as I shared earlier, this week has been kind of wild for me um, in terms of mm -hmm. lots of loss going mm -hmm. around. Not necessarily I've lost people, but a lot of loss around from you. friends and acquaintances yeah. Um, that I know and it's and it's actually odd because um, it's been I want to say since so since last Monday um, a friend of mine's grandmother passed away one of my best friend's grandmother passed away mm -hmm. um, a kid I used to work with at my last job 19 years old passed away um, and one of my friends, one of my close friends, uh, had another family member, 28, pass away. So some of All these... All in the realm of like a week and a half or so. Yeah. And so some of these, um, in which two of them were for sure unexpected. Right. Two of those deaths were sure unexpected. Shockers, huge surprises. But, it, and then when you add in the whole Greg's leak, the Greg Leaks, um, oh, yeah. passing, um... There's just been a lot of discussion and talk around death, and it's got me thinking so many things. Um, and so kind of looking at this one thing that's always been a constant, the two constants in this world are birth and death. There's always going to be right. people coming. The there's always going to the be end. people going. And even though it's a constant here, I think how it's, taken presence in society and how we deal with it as society has definitely changed. Would you agree? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think... I agree with that. Um, and I look at this from two lenses. I look at this as when you're when you're dealing with loss, but then also when you are supporting others who are dealing with loss. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I've been very clear on the podcast before. I lost my dad at a, uh, what I would consider an early age. I was 18 years old. Yeah when I lost my dad. And I think that that has helped me frame um, loss and, and, you know, and dealing with death in a very different way. Right. Um, in, a, in a much more advanced way than I think a lot of my friends and my peers have, mm -hmm. um, who have not necessarily may have had someone really close to their family pass away. Mm -hmm. um, but... I have to kind of always keep that in mind when I'm supporting others in their mourning. Um, you know, everyone sends out those like positive, you know, what do you usually say when you hear someone has passed away? Uh, I usually ask how that person is doing. Yeah. It's usually my first question. Like, how are you? Um, is there anything that you need? Anything that you me? need? Yep. All of that. And, you know, sending prayers. And, no, I don't say any of that. Oh, I say, so I say, I will always mm -hmm. say, you know, mm -hmm. sending thoughts and prayers to you and your family. Mm -hmm. um, and I do, I, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a very prayerful right. person. Yeah. Um, but it's really started to try, I've, you know, I've really have tried to figure out how, what more could I be doing? Um, having my experience in dealing with loss 
and helping others, especially my close friends, process through that. Right. One of the things that I didn't mention is that Marcus and I also had someone that we went to school with pass away last week, which was also yeah. tough. Yeah. Um, and kind of seeing the outpouring from my college, um, my college family, um, mm-hmm. and how many people you know were affected by that, and and you know are still dealing with that because mm-hmm. um, it's very new and very fresh, but. Um, when you think about how you support others with loss, how much of that is based on what you would want versus what you think that person actually needs? I think mine is maybe a little bit more based on what that person actually needs right there because I don't feel like, you know, what I want, what I would want may not be the same as what somebody else would want. And so I don't feel like that that would be fair to them, but just based off of what they're doing again like i was saying my first question is always usually how are you and what what can i do like how can i help what do you like from anything when well, in all actuality because i say the same thing too is there anything that you need and you know mm-hmm. there's not you know and I then mean, you never really expect them to say well i could use this or i could you never really expect right. them to say anything i think that's the, it's always the nice thing to say right I mean, I guess I feel like I want to hope I mean it when I say. Well, that, no, you do you know? mean it, but like in all actuality, what at that time, you know, especially if it's brand new. Yeah, I mean, I know? don't know. It just depends on how close in proximity you are, maybe to yeah. that person. And for me, it hasn't necessarily been even when I'm am close to that person. I don't know if I've ever gotten a request out of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I one of the things that I found to be interesting, and I'll share this with you. Um, what millennials, how millennials mourn has been very different from other generations. And I think part of that is because, well, we live in this digital age. You can, I, I literally attended a funeral online maybe a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I went to a funeral online on Facebook. There's drive through funerals now. There's, it's so crazy. Um, I mean, it's a business, just like anything definitely else. Definitely a business, and it's yeah. Death is a business. All of that, but in terms of how millennials mourn, I definitely think it's going to be different, especially in future generations. When you even think about this, this COVID, this whole COVID nineteen, do you feel like maybe? Our generation or younger generations have become a little bit more desensitized to death. We've been through so much. Well, I won't say that. I, I feel like yes, we, we have, have been through. We have definitely so been much. through a so lot. Of course, we've been desensitized. We have been through yeah. school shootings. We have been through nine yeah. eleven. We have been through space shuttles blowing up. We have been through um, what the Oklahoma City bombing. All these other school shootings, Sandy Hook. I mean, like, we've been through so much already. Like, I would, I feel a little desensitized sometimes because I feel like every time I turn on the TV, it's another, yet another tragedy. And then, like, I, the compassion you try to have for these people or those who are affected is doled down because the next day it's somebody else. And then I feel like if you commit so much of yourself to, all of these little things, it sort of feels like giving pieces of yourself away or like yeah. your emotions or like your your emotional intelligence for that week, you know? And I need all of that for me because this, I'm still de- dealing with this stuff as well. This is what I think. I think we've become desensitized to other people's loss. 
Maybe. I think it hits real. When it gets close, when it hits home, it's like experiencing it all over again, regardless if you've never had it before, you know, all of those things. I think we've become more desensitized to other people's loss, which is some self-reflection that I've had to do because I always want to make sure that I'm being a good friend, a good supporter, you know, all of that. And so... um, I don't want to, it's not like I want to push people onto certain like stages of grief. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. I know that like you'll get there. Yeah, um, you... I had to go through my, like I had to go through my own stages, right? right? We all um, have. But I sometimes want to kind of help them get to mm-hmm. that space. And I think it's, it's tough. And like, it's not like I'm like, get, it's not like I'm saying like get over it. It's not like that. But, I will I use a lot I use a lot of my own personal experience in supporting Same, others with um with their grieving. Uh and like certain things that I know made me feel better, certain things that I know that I use like for instance when my father passed, there was a huge weight lifted off my shoulders once I saw him in the casket. Mhm. Which for some people, that might be a full breakdown moment. That might be like a crazy like kind of thing. But for me, it was completely different. Once I saw him in the cast uh, casket and he looked so good. He looked he looked more like himself than like the previous, like mm-hmm. than the last six months. Because at that point the cancer had just ate his body so much that, you know, for those last few months, like I didn't I, he he did not look like himself, and so once I saw him back mm-hmm. um, in the casket, it just made me feel so more at peace about the place that he was in and how right. rested he looked. Um, no, that's real. And so it's it's yeah. it's it's odd because, like I said, for me, I had to kind of go through all right. of those stages of grief, and you know, finally be able to have that weight lifted off towards the end of this process. But um, and not to say that it was pace. right. Yeah. Everybody moves, moves at their, their own pace, so it doesn't. Yeah. However long that process takes for you is just however long it takes. Yeah, but I definitely have you know tried to bring a lot of that my own experiences of saying you know this is what kind of helped me or this is um, dreams. Right, dreams helped me a lot. I had a I had so many dreams about my dad. Um, after he passed away mm-hmm. um, and it just kind of not that I was like <laughs> I don't think I I don't think that like I um, had those dreams voluntarily it was definitely involuntary they would just come and go it wasn't like every well, night you can dream, but yeah. for some reason dreams helped me a lot and in, in kind of being at peace at the place that my dad was mm-hmm. um, and so it's just once again, it's just very interesting in terms of how you deal with death and versus how in terms of supporting others. Right. What I want to ask you next kind of goes a little bit to coping strategies and, and talking about coping strategies. Because one of the things that I feel like that we as a generation have done mm-hmm. is that we've been better. Um, we've been better gatekeepers of our own self-care. Yeah. And absolutely. I think at, at certain points... In my household and, you know, and family households, the other things that I've seen, that has not been the case. And so, yeah. 
certain coping strategies start to take form when there's a great loss, you know, whether it be alcohol, whether it be drugs, whether it be, you know, mm-hmm. other things. It could be other things. And I think one of the things I am thankful for with this generation is that there's been, we have, we're still breaking down the stigmas around mental health care mm-hmm. um, and, and therapy and being able to kind of, you know, get certain feelings out. And so I think in all in all, while it may look different for millennials who mourn, the the coping strategies and the resources look different. I, more I, and more of us are going to therapy and more and more of us are, you know, practicing good self-care practices. Yeah, I, I definitely think my family is out of the norm a little bit because while, you know, we didn't do any of these things when, like when I was a child now, like at this point and maybe, maybe five, five or so years back, like almost every member of my family has a therapist. Like we, because, and my mom is a therapist. So, I mean, well, that's, pro- that's probably, probably why. Okay. Okay. Whatever. But I, I think it's very interesting because my, my brother, my sister, myself, you know, like, and, and it's just common because I, to me, I, I had all of the same uh, hangups as everyone else did about therapy because of what I had seen on TV or how they were portrayed in movies or things like that. And I always thought it was such a weird process. But then when I actually committed to going a few years ago, I was like, oh, this is actually just a, a very nice vent session that I can have. And yeah. like really get some things off of my chest and figure out why I feel the way that I feel or, you know, certain things like that. So I absolutely recommend therapy. I think it's a perfect coping strategy, especially for in times of great loss when you don't quite know how to communicate how you feel or also move forward. Which brings me to that next point, because there are some times where it does hit you. And like I said, there were two unexpected, three unexpected deaths last week of young people which i feel like is always the hardest you never know really what to say how to make sense of it what could be the issue i think in my mind i always go what happened because they're you know they're young and like how how did this like you know that kind of thing but my first question overall people say that that's rude is that rude i think it's rude I think it's, I say it in my head. I don't say it out loud. Yeah, I don't think I would ever say it like directly to that person. But in my head, I'm always trying to figure out. Okay, yeah. I figure out what happened. Like, I think that's natural because once again, they're young. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, okay. If it's a, okay. Okay. Yeah, we're on the same page. But no, I. I mm, how do I want to say this? Como se dice? No. Well, with with unexpected deaths and with young people, um, I think. It definitely makes it a lot less, um, or makes it a lot more real. That's what I would say um, in terms of makes dealing death with death more real. Death more real in terms of it happening to you. Oh, um, yeah. And how do you feel about your your own death? Is it so, something you think about? Be honest. I don't necessarily think about my death, but. Like you, like I've come from a place, I've dealt, had to deal with death a lot, especially as a child. And so I, I don't want to say that my brother, especially my brother and I, I don't say we're like numb to it, but it's very, I don't know. I like, I just, I don't, I don't really know how to explain how I feel about it. But you don't think about your death. 
I think what I think about is not getting a chance to complete all of the things that I want to do before mm. I die. Okay. I think that scares me more than actual death because I have some pretty lofty dreams that I would love to be able to and will accomplish. But I think my graduating high school, <laughs> my fear is not getting to do the, all of the things that I would love to do in this life. And so I think that's what scares me more. Okay. Okay. I think, you know, and when I say thinking about like death, it's not necessarily like in a scary kind of thing. You know, right. right. We as Vox did an article on um, millennials being death positive. And it talked about like how many millennials have made plans, funeral plans. For themselves or others? For themselves. Oh, yeah. No, I ain't gone that far. In terms of, like, donating their body to science or, you mm. know, you know those kinds of things. Um, and it's really interesting because, like I said, I think because the coping strategies are there for this generation more than they've been for any other generation, that we're able to at least talk about it um, in a way that's not always negative or scary. Okay, so then question. Have you thought about what what do your funeral plans look like? Have you thought about it? Have I thought about my funeral? I know what I want it to look like. I haven't really thought about it much more like? than that. Um, or do, is that something you want to share? I have no problem sharing that. I definitely want to be buried um, at Robinsonville Road on Robinson... No, Robinson... Excuse me. Robinson Road um, in Bergen, Kentucky. Get it together. Um, I... I wanted to do a outdoor funeral. I do not want a indoor funeral. What if you die in the winter? Can we do, can we get something, can we put me on ice until March? Because <laughs> I really want, I'm obsessed with the, um, there's a dream montage in Nip Tuck of, I think, I think it's Sean's character that has, it's Sean or Julian's character that is that is imagining what their funeral looks like, and I want that funeral. <laughs> it's outside. It's gorgeous. The flowers are gorgeous, <laughs> um, and it just looks really chic. I, I definitely, I kind of want a dress code. Um, I know that that's not something I can do. So well, I mean, you know, family and friends, maybe. I'm gonna my family. So you know, like how black families, they'll always do a color at the funeral, mm -hmm. like this. All right, we the family's gonna be all wearing purple. Mm -hmm. I'm everybody needs to be in black. Every like black head to toe. No, maybe a couple of colors. No, I don't want any color. Black head to toe. All Everyone. black. Everyone. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about like not even no special colors for your uh yo man. It's about me. No, it's about me at this point. So and I think we it should just, just be, be cloaked in black. Black. Black head to toe. All black. Code black. Blackout. <laughs> I don't think that that's bad. But then what are you going to be wearing? I, I will be in white. <laughs> okay. I know this is a little serious, but you got to see his face. <laughs> no, I have thought that's about this. I definitely have put thought to this. Why? Okay. Okay. It's not for okay. you to question. Right. That's why I this said okay. This is my funeral. This is my death. I didn't question anything. I said okay because I you're right. This, this is, is my not death. my place at all. Yeah. Okay. Um, what Two, I do want. What kind of flowers? 
Um, I'm I am partial to lilies, but I think whatever. Um, I I always think that you know if we all they did a, did a yellow rose as well, you know the alpha flower. I think that that would be dope as well. Mm, what I okay. want you to do. What I want you to do mm-hmm. at the burial is I want you to go watch um, go watch Family That Prays. And you know when Alfred Wooder comes up and sings, I hope you dance, I want you to sing that at my funeral. You know, I love that song too. Yeah, and you have to do it a cappella. It has to be just very much like how Can she I did it. Can I get an accompaniment by no, it, a I, No, no, no. I want it a cappella and it has to just be you singing. Um, hold on, so... I hope you still feel small no, no. when you stand beside the ocean. And you know what? I'm actually going to get you with a vocal coach. <laughs> well, one door closes. I hope one more opens. I'm actually going to get you with Victoria Chase 90s vocal coach. Because we're going to have to get you. I hope you something, something to give faith. Lyrics.com. So you have a little time. Well, hopefully you and have a little time to work ch- on yeah, it. Yeah, I hope I have a lot of time. Because you're, you're, you're going to need to work this out. I'll do a beautiful rendition. Well, I appreciate it. I was nervous. Do you want me mm-hmm. to do anything at choice? Uh, I, you know, I have not really ever thought about it. I've not ever really thought about what I would want. I, I don't know. I've just not become such a big party person, like for myself lately. And like oh, the older I get in life, like we're I we're talking just, about your funeral. We're not talking about a party. What are well, you talking about? I mean, about? for me, a funeral is a celebration. Like I want it to be something a little bit more uplifting. And you want Mardi Gras fun. No, I don't want Mardi Gras. You want market days. No, definitely not. No. I want something, you know, also fashionable, but like I think I like the idea of having, you know, family and friends in a separate color from other family and close friends a separate color for me. Everybody please come head to And then black. everybody else in black. Okay. But like you'll be you would be directed and I guess at my funeral, you know, this is the color that we're wearing. Okay. That you're wearing. And okay. then obviously that would all be something that fit what I was wearing. All right. So at least color coordinated, fashionable. Uh, but no, I mean, I haven't really thought about it. So no, but I, yeah, I, maybe I will give a little bit more thought. I maybe, I, obviously I have you do a little I'm not numbers. saying that you have to think about it. I was just asking because I like I said, what? a lot more millennials have been thinking about their actual death and uh, appear to be a, a little bit more death positive. I tell you what, when you do go do your number, don't let it be like it was when we were back at WKU uh, and you, we were, it was like the WKU leaders and you had to get up at the podium and sing. When and was you this? you forgot the words or you messed this up the is, words. So that actually never happened. I don't even yes. know what you're talking about. I'm a we're, consummate professional. No. Remember we were in um, the Fresh Cafeteria in that back conference room. I forget, I think it was WKU and leaders or whatever, but you were on a program and you had I would to get not, up and go I would sing. not have sang for WKU. You, you, you don't even know. something. I do okay. remember. All but right. you sang for something and you messed up the words and well, like you, me, and Reggie all laughed about it afterwards. Okay, well, hey, but you that happens. Remember. Sometimes it happens with an artist. Well, I'm saying don't do that. First, so you couldn't even sure get the lyrics prepare. together today. You because well, I was put on the spot. You make sure you prepare. Don't you be don't be showing up. You don't to have to worry about me. I've, I've always. Oh, 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 I just had so much going. I've on. always. I, um, I just got the words. Through. Let me. Uh, can I hold this while I do it? No. Yeah. 
No. Because you know some people I do that. I want it by memory. Leandra Johnson is mm-hmm. good for that. I want And y'all know memory. I love Leandra, but she is good for holding the paper. I want it by memory. Okay. I, I want the wall. <laughs> the um, wall. Well, okay. okay. Thank you for entertaining this conversation about death. I know Very not morbid. the most uplifting, but something I just wanted to talk about because it's something that I've recently been kind of you know, dealing with and, and thinking about. but And that's understandable. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll be back with our signature segment called Fizz or Flat. He remembers. Perfect. We'll be right back. Shit. And we're back. Yes, and it is time for our signature segment of this show entitled Fizz or Flat. Marcus and I, at this point of the show, get to go over those pop culture moments that we were feeling, if we give them a fizz, and if we're not, we give them a flat. Oh, okay. Marcus. That's not the words. I switch it up from time to time. Yeah, you know, people get tired time. of hearing the same thing. Yeah, girl, um, I'll start. Go for it. Uh, so we have a brand new inductee in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. Congratulations. All-Star 6 season finale. Spoiler alert. Aired. Um, this past week, and Kylie Sonique Love was crowned the winner of All Star Six for RuPaul's Drag Race. I well, first, let me ask you how you feel about this. I'm not mad at it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, congrats to her. I I think she'll do a great job in it. She wasn't specifically who I was rooting for, but I'm okay not, with it. Yeah, I definitely was not rooting for her, and I definitely. I thought had, Raja had, I had the a, fan I had base. A, I had a tough time recalling really great moments for Kylie outside of Snatch Game. Well, I mean, and also, track record did not come into play because Kylie only had one win. Yeah. So, I mean, now you don't have to have two and three wins. You can win with one win. If you've got the stuff, you got the stuff. I, again, I think she'll do great. I think she had a great run on the season. She was just not who I was rooting for. No, I definitely was looking for a. I thought that Raja should have won. Yeah, I was. Um, I was. I actually went into this thinking I was like, they're going to give this to Ginger. I actually thought that they were going to give it to Ginger. I really did. No. Um, But for me, you know, I'm. Hey, congratulations, Kylie. I thought she she did okay. She did fine. And I wasn't su- we'll hope to see what she does with the title. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't surprised. I just, a part of me knew, I was like, okay, well, they're clearly not going to have two black girls back to back. So, I mean. I don't see why not. I Well, now you do. But they already had two black girls back to back, kind of. Well, it's kind of, but this would have been two black girls back to back. They've never had that. Well, I guess, what, eight, nine, no, 10, 11. I guess 11 and 12. I was talking about All-Stars. Oh, and All-Stars. Oh, well, I mean, Because it was Monique no. and Shay. Monet and Shay. Monet, uh, Monet, Monet and Shay. Monet and Shay. Monet, Monet and Shay. Yeah. But I read it again. It even makes more sense. Like, okay, so you had Monet and Shay. Clearly, they're not going to let uh, Raja win. I thought well, Raja had it okay. in the bag. I, I, I thought what Raja had done in so many of the... The drag tots and I loved. I actually love Roger Snatch Game. Several memorable moments. Um, I loved the um, the runways, the runways. That final runway. Um, I like the drag tots one. The, the blue queen. ball. The the blue ball. Um, 
design challenge when she created that like beautiful dress with the shoulder pe- like yeah I, I, so I was very surprised um, but congrats to she made all of her looks she made every single look that she wore um, on that runway which I thought was also commendable but she you know what she mentioned that um, and her kind of like final uh <laughs> And I saw Rue immediate like face kind of do like a little like squint, like a little wince, because you know Rue don't care about that. Rue's ass can't sew. Right. I think what she would have been better off. I see where she was going. She should have just said that she excelled at being a well-rounded queen. I think she just did not. I liked her other analogy that she used though about the. I like the analogy. I didn't like all the hand choreography. Oh the. It was a lot of hand choreography. A there was a lot of, I mean, I'm going to do my daily uh, Pellegrino. There's a lot of hand work going on. <laughs> I was doing a lot of hand work. But I mean, um, hey, there, but. Uh, congrats to Kylie. Love it. Fizz. Love wins. Fizz. Love always wins. That's what she said. Yeah. Fizz for me as well. I love it. She looked great too. All right. Uh, okay. So I just wanted to take a quick step back into Bel Air. Um, via TV line because they have found their Will Smith for the new dramatic reboot that they're doing. Yeah. Um, Jabari Banks is the actor's name uh, and he's from West Philadelphia and he will lead Bel Air, Peacock's dramatic reboot of the beloved 90s sitcom The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Um, if you remember the story behind this concept, um, I forget the guy's name, but a fan of the show initially created a trailer of what he thought a dramatic reboot of Bel Air would be. And it was a fan made trailer. And it's like a little, yeah, it's like a little darker. But it was very popular and went viral. And Will Smith noticed. And the next thing you know, they got into contract negotiations and he sold the TV pilot. And this is that TV pilot that got picked up the series. Uh, it didn't say where though. Let me figure out where this is going. I think it's oh, going it's to Peacock. Peacock. Yeah, yeah, it's going on Peacock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. What do you think about this? I no, I mean, I, I watched the um, so I watched the video oh, um, which you? they yeah. in which so they had Will Smith get on and actually give him the announcement that he got the role. Um, and it was just it was a very nice little moment. Like I said, there was a little bit of nostalgia. I feel like you got to kind of see. Someone who's kind of up and coming, as Will was, um, once he got that role, he was very new to Hollywood. I was going to say, can um, you imagine? This is probably going to change his very, life. Very new to Hollywood. And so mm-hmm. um, being able to kind of see them and kind of have that moment, I thought was really cool. Um, good looking kid. I'm, you know, I, I definitely will be watching this. And so want to see exactly what they do with it. Um, and glad that they were able to incorporate Will. Yeah, it's a fizz. I'm going to be yeah. watching. Fizz for me as well. What do you got? Well, speaking of Peacock, there is a another revival that is coming uh, to the Peacock screen. Queer as Folk um, mm. is going to be reimagined uh, with a team of people in terms of bringing a new looking cast, a very diverse cast right. um, to the screen. So it came out a little bit earlier in the year that this, um, this series, which is derived, a lot of people think it's derived from the HBO series, but that came from the British right. series um, from Russell T. Davies. Yeah. Um, and so 
what they did was is that they made a US remake and put it set it in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and that went on Showtime and that played for a number of seasons um and there was this whole very popular yeah like very very popular show um i think it's all of those of cast members shows. definitely one of the first um big popular gay, gay shows. shows that were out there and talking about a lot of different things mm-hmm. but uh this particular reimagination is going to take place in new orleans yeah I um, saw that. which i'm really excited about mm-hmm. and so um it's it seems is that there it's going to focus on uh the this group of friends um who have to kind of put stuff together after a tragedy that happens uh we have coming to the stage john civilli who People may recognize from Pose. He also did a little stint on Hacks as well, the HBO Max show. Um, so really excited for him. Excited I love for him. him from Instagram. That's where yeah. I got to know him Same. and all of his videos and characters. Candace Grace, um, who is in Acts of Crime. I'm not exactly sure where she is and what that is. Uh, but she's going to be portraying a non-binary professor, um, which is really cool. John Sibili, I'm sorry I didn't mention. He's going to be a lawyer. Um He's, he's, he's playing the lawyer. And then they're also adding Devin Way from Grey's Anatomy and Finn Argus from The Gifted as well as Clouds. And so they will all be series regulars. I think this is a very good looking cast. I'm looking at it right now. Um, very good looking cast. I'm excited to see what they do with this. Very interesting choice of New Orleans. I don't know what that Yeah, I wonder how they came to that came from. Yeah, um, that was my question. But yeah, this is this is going to be really cool. Stephen Dunn is set to direct the pilot, and I think there will be a lot more people who will come on from the executive producing world um, that have, you know, very well, very well bred in terms of television. And also, looks like there's going to be some UK influences in here as well. Um, it's a total fizz for me. I'm excited to see this. I'm glad that they are adding a woman to this um, with the know. show called Queer as Folk. I'm glad to see that she's going to have a, a more prominent more role. Actual folk. <laughs> yeah. So, fizz for me. Fizz for me as well. Um, the only other thing I had was I didn't get to mention last week the Spider Man No Way Home trailer. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh. Lots of good things going on with this. Yes. I'm excited to see exactly how it all plays out, but are I'll you? let you talk about it. Are you like seriously excited or are you being sarcastic excited? I'm I'm excited. If, if I said I'm excited, <laughs> Your I'm face excited. Is not saying that. I said I'm excited. I'm okay. excited. Okay. Okay. Well, it is the most viewed trailer in 24 hours ever. So shout out to that. It was a highly anticipated trailer. So much is going on there. Um, if you're a huge fan like I am, what I usually do is I'll get on YouTube and visit my go-to sites to do like trailer breakdowns and things like that. Oh, is this so what I can you do with all, this? The Easter eggs and stuff. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I do that with a lot of movie trailers, with every movie trailer, basically. And so if you really want to kind of understand or explain to in layman's terms, try doing that if you kind of have no idea what's going on. But no, it's, it's a lot happening in, in this trailer. Yeah. And as you will see, um, things will be opening up um, to a lot of different what I will call. I, I mean, I guess the easiest word for me to just call them possible tangents of what of what could happen not only from this film but movies after but yeah Yeah. these alternate realities of what um what will happen so if you haven't seen the trailer please go over and check it out 
Um, I love that they are combining all of the worlds of Spider-Man and what, yes, you know, different, ca- different characters from different movies, different franchises, different franchises as well. Yeah. Um, so I saw that little nod to that as well in there um, with uh, Alfred Molina. Yes, that's. A, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm yeah, I hey, I'm going to give this a fizz. I'm giving it a fizz, too. I'm excited to see it. Um, like I said, again, I'll be watching Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi this weekend as well. Um, so, yeah. Do you have any feelings about the whole My MJ post? No, I think they're very cute. I think they're very cute together. Do you think it's a cute, like, do you think it's like a together for, like, what, what do you make of this? Well, I mean, it's already been confirmed. They are together. Okay. But yeah, I thought it was very cute. No, and what, what I mean. You, what are you insinuating? Well, okay. I, so I think that. And this is a, a larger conversation that we can have, but okay. I'm, I, I think that a lot of what we see um, in terms of relationships and all of these things, I think some of these things have been put to kind of help drive careers. Yes, drive careers and drive buzz around the field. So you're talking about a manufactured relationship. We and don't, I mean, we've seen this before. Can I mean, let's be very clear. Let's be honest. We see this right now actually even happening with um, what's Shawn the Mendes and Camille that Cabello. whole thing, the at the Housewives of Atlanta love triangle thing. Like mm. we've seen these men, Branch, uh, uh, Brooklyn Heights and Vange. We've oh, seen yeah. these things happen before to kind of help drive some buzz and some some hype around it. I don't know what quite to make of it. To me, it was very cryptic. It's very ambiguous. The whole uh, Tom Holland using the My MJ post in, in reference to um, in reference to uh, Zendaya. Why? I I feel like you could take it in. You could just take it anyway. I, it could yes. It could be very much love. Um, you know that this is this is my baby. This is you know this is the one for me. Mm-hmm. But it also could be to me very friendship level. I just don't season day with somebody like that. Ah, uh, interesting. I didn't know you felt that way. Yeah, I just I think for me, interesting. Like, you know, you know what broke me, and I once okay. again, I do not want to get on tangents and crazy right. conspiracy theories and all of that stuff. But once people started having relationships for the sake of TV, TV, yeah. And that's that's what really started to kind of help drive my skeptical for sure and and look at things with a second eye yeah so i will say this i didn't i honestly didn't think that i thought he was just giving a cute little spider-man pun because spider-man's been all in the news they've all been in the news and you know she got the reference and you know like i said i'm always a comments gangster so i'm always in the comments and she was in the comments like he i think he had written uh call me when you wake up and she was in the comments i'm calling right now or whatever uh i don't know i don't think zendaya per se would do something like that i'm not saying that people don't but i feel like she was one of the girls that was raised right like i don't think her or uh uh, Yara Shahidi or Marseille Martin or I don't think the girl, those girls would do okay. something like that per se but again I don't know them and they don't know me I'm just so, saying that yeah who you knows be, yeah I don't know but that's very interesting okay alright do you have anything else well you yeah 
because you wanted me to announce <laughs> the winners of the fizzies, y'all. So he wasn't gonna let y'all Mark, know. Yeah. So I'm everyone who follows us on Instagram at Cold Pop Show knows that I post the winner of each fizzy what if they the it? very next day. And so if you miss it, too fucking bad. <laughs> what? But I will go ahead and announce the fizzies Please. today because Marcus has been bugging me for the last three weeks. I mean, this is your so. project. So, um, and it's funny that it gets see. You know, that, when you got a coworker, because they to love to do that, they love to throw that ownership on you. Say. Well, this is this your, is your project. project. So Wait. if you wanted to what? succeed, how are we? Then you okay. might want to put some effort into but it. But no, um, I will definitely. Idea. So he wants me to announce the fizzy winners for those who didn't catch it. Um, and let's let's go down the let's go down the list. So for the Mona Scott Young Lifetime Achievement Award, Wait, should we save that for last? Okay, what do you want to hear first? Reverse them. Just what reverse you, them. What do you want to hear first? Just reverse them. Reverse your order. So, we have the first up uh, for the first family was uh, Best Reality TV Family, the Burris Tucker family ooh, from Real Housewives of Atlanta. Ooh, ooh. Um, for biggest moment in a reality TV show competition, mm-hmm. the winner was Shangela's All-Star 3 Elimination. Hey, ooh. Okay. All right. Okay. For best breakthrough performance from a rookie cast member, mm-hmm. that went to Simone from RuPaul's Drag Race oh, season thirteen. Okay. All right. For best original song from a reality TV show, mm-hmm. that goes to "Touch My Body" from Danity Kane. Yes. Um, oh, in a very close. Oh, it was our I closest race. Was it? Yeah. How close? Fifty-seven to forty-three. Oh wow. Okay. Um, and then lastly, for the Mona Scott Lifetime Achievement Award, that goes to New York. Oh, well, what was that percentage? Um, it was actually not as close. Really? Um, so yeah, a lot of people were not feeling uh, Nene Leaks. Wow. So okay, let's put that out there. Uh. Wow. Well, there you have it. Congratulations to all of this year's fizzy winners. We will send your award in the mail. What is what would our award be? It's it's it you've seen is it. Is it like a uh You've seen it. Jane showed you the prototype. It's it's <laughs> literally a pop can. It's a gold I pop can. Say, can we have a pop can it be I don't know if I want it to be gold though. It's gold. Can it be like silver with like a um Stripe color stripes around it or something like that, like the well, solid. Unfortunately, it's gold, so I, feel I don't like want I to tell you. Good idea. I have a good idea. Well, James already sent those out. But anyways, let's close this up. Any final thoughts? Um, I think for me, I'm going back to the spill segment in terms of just dealing with being more cognizant about generations and death and its impact and how. Um, how it hits di- different generations and thinking about those coping strategies again. Okay. What are you leaving with? Uh, I don't really know. Oh, this geez. week has been a weird week for me. I guess more than anything, like I'm still stuck on the fat as hell part. <laughs> I'm still stuck on the fat as hell part. I'm still stuck on trick daddy. Like I'm just, like this conversation, like it sounds like you want to, you want to do it. That I needed. It sounds like you, you. That is not one that I needed. Marcus loved the trick. That is. Ugh. It sounds like you, you want to do it. Uh, you want those legs up. <laughs> in the air. 
<laughs> Put your tongue back in your mouth. Uh, I think um, mine maybe goes back to Dog the Bounty Hunter in this past. Like, no. Because he got to pass to say the N-word. Passes don't exist. You know, respect people's uh, presence and their culture and their right to be here and the humanity. Um, racism has no place. Yeah. In society, but no some place. people act like it don't exist no more, and that is just clearly not true. Hey, not the case. Well, that wraps up our show. You can find us on Instagram and on Twitter at Cold Pop Show, on Facebook at Cold Pop Podcast, and you can find me at Trenton Rashad on Twitter and Instagram. Marcus, where can they find you? They can find me on all the socials at Marcus Drew Steele with an E on the end. Yeah, and if you ever want to head over to our YouTube, help go over to Cold Pop Show and check out some of our video content on there. Oh, yeah, we'll do that as well. Yes, 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 indeed. We should probably think about posting something new. I had on some there. cool ideas this earlier this week that I need to share with you. So Run them up and let's see. Yeah. Well, that wraps it up for us. Until next time, guys. Uh, love you so much, pop stars. Take care. Bye.